of Human Bondage by W. Somerset Maugham, Chapter 99. Philip began to pawn his clothes. He reduced his expenses by eating only one meal a day beside his breakfast, and he ate it, bread and butter and cocoa, at four so that it should last him till next morning. He was so hungry by nine o'clock that he had to go to bed. He thought of borrowing money from Lawson, but the fear of a refusal held him back. At last he asked him for five pounds. Lawson lent it with pleasure, but as he did so, said, "'You'll let me have it back in a week or so, won't you? I've got my... I've got to pay my framer, and I'm awfully broke just now. Philip knew he would not be able to return it, and the thought of what Lawson would think made him so ashamed that, in a couple of days, he took the money back, untouched. Lawson was just going out to luncheon and asked Philip to come, too. Philip could hardly eat. He was so glad to get some solid food. On Sunday, he was sure of a good dinner from Athelney. He hesitated to tell the Athelneys what had happened to him. They had always looked upon him as comparatively well-to-do, and he had a dread that they would think less of him if they knew he was penniless. Though he had always been poor, the possibility of not having enough to eat had never occurred to him. It was not the sort of thing that happened to the people among whom he lived, and he was ashamed as if he had some disgraceful disease. The situation in which he found himself was quite outside the range of his experience. He was so taken aback that he did not know what else to do than to go on at the hospital. He had a vague hope that something would turn up. He could not quite believe that what was happening to him was true, and he remembered how during his first term at school he had often thought his life was a dream from which he would awake to find himself once more at home. But very soon he foresaw that in a week or so he would have no money at all. He must set about trying to earn something at once. If he had been qualified, even with the club foot, he could have gone out to the Cape, since the demand for medical men was now great. Except for his deformity, he might have enlisted in one of the yeomanry regiments, which were constantly being sent out. He went to the secretary of the medical school and asked if he could give him the coaching of some backward student, but the secretary held out no hope of getting him anything of the sort. Philip read the advertisement columns of the medical papers, and he applied for the post of unqualified assistant who had a dispensary in the Fulham Road. When he went to see him, he saw the doctor glance at his club foot, and on hearing that Philip was only in his fourth year at the hospital, he said at once that his experience was insufficient. Philip understood that this was only an excuse. The man would not have an assistant who might not be as active as he wanted. Philip turned his attention to other means of earning money. He knew French and German and thought there might be some chance to find a job at correspondence clerk. It made his heart sink, but he set his teeth. There was nothing else to do. Though too shy to answer the advertisements which demanded a personal application, he replied to those which asked for letters, but he had no experience to state and no recommendations. He was conscious that neither his German nor his French was commercial. He was ignorant of the terms used in business. He knew neither shorthand nor typewriting. He could not help recognizing that his case was hopeless. He thought of writing to the solicitor who had been his father's executor, but he could not bring himself to, for it was contrary to his express advice that he had sold the mortgages in which his money had been invested. 
He knew from his uncle that Mr. Nixon thoroughly disapproved of him. He had gathered from Philip's year in the, in the accountant's office that he was idle and incompetent. I'd sooner starve, Philip muttered to himself. Once or twice the possibility of suicide presented itself to him. It would be easy to get something from the hospital dispensary, and it was a comfort to think that, if the worst came to the worst, he had at hand means of making a painless end of himself. But it was not a course that he considered seriously. When Mildred had left him to go with Griffiths, his anguish had been so great that he wanted to die in order to get rid of, to get rid of the pain. He did not feel like that now. He remembered that the casualty sister had told him how people oftener did away with themselves for want of money than for want of love, and he chuckled when he thought that he was an exception. He wished only that he could talk his worries over with somebody, but he could not bring himself to confess them. He was ashamed. He went on looking for work. He left his rent unpaid for three weeks, explaining to his landlady that he would get money at the end of the month. She did not say anything, but pursed her lips and looked grim. When the end of the month came and she asked if he would if it would be convenient for him to pay something on account, it made him feel very sick to say that he could not. He told her he would write to his uncle and was sure to be able to settle his bill on the following Saturday. Well, I hope you will, Mr. Carey, because I have my rent to pay and I can't afford to let accounts run on. She did not speak with anger, but with determination that was rather frightening. She paused for a moment and then said, If you don't pay next Saturday, I shall have to complain to the secretary of the hospital. Oh, yes, that'll be all right. She looked at him for a little and glanced round the bare room. When she spoke, it was without any emphasis, as though it were quite a natural thing to say. I've got a nice hot joint downstairs, and if you like to come down to the kitchen, you're welcome to a bit of dinner. Philip felt himself redden to the soles of his feet, and a sob caught at his throat. Thank you very much, Mrs. Higgins, but I'm not at all hungry. Very good, sir. When she, when she left the room, Philip threw himself on his bed. He had to clench his fist in order to prevent himself from crying. End of chapter 99